How good's a Friday? Hey guys, Silly Talk Sports here and I'm back. Don't change that dial. Your ears aren't playing tricks on you. Your mate Silly is back with more punishing banter to absolutely bash your eardrums here for season three. And it really is an absolute privilege to be back in the mixer on your Friday. And of course, I'm joined by the one and only, my trusted advisor, and the real person that keeps this ship running nice and straight and on the right path, producer Sharla. She signed on for season three, back at the helm and ready to go. Unfortunately, couldn't get her to commit early to season four. She's not quite sure if she's going to get a better offer, but she's here and ready to rip in for what should be an absolute doozy of a season. And as you can tell, Producer Sharla, she's really been putting in the hard yards in the off-season. That crisp little intro there, that's courtesy of her work. And also, she really splashed out recently, bought your mate Surly a new mic. So if you're impressed with the audio quality on this one, tip your hat to Producer Sharla and chuck her a fancy feast, because this is well and truly some of her best work, and we can't wait to rip in. As I mentioned, we're back season three. She's going to run to a similar format as the previous seasons. We're going to review and preview the week's sport. We'll have a bit of story time with your old mate Surly, bit of bender chat, you know, what you get up to on the weekends and whatnot. We'll cover the usuals as well, the old Magic Multi, the Battler of the Week, and of course, everyone's favorite segment, your Q&A. But we'll start with a bit of a recap of the off-season, and she's been a big one. Christmas, New Year period up there at Matapuri. few drinks with the crew up there. Boy, was she an absolute ripper. Five days straight of just good times, plenty of funnels, lots of linekins, and just getting around some great chat with some good New Zealanders. Actually, the last month has been to a similar tone. Quite a few big benders, which has really helped offset the pre-season hard work that the Coatman and your mate Surly have been putting in on a Tuesday, Thursday. You know, nothing quite like running 6Ks during the week, supersetting it with a bender to bring you back down to earth, keep the body guessing. That say They say that's how you get the best out of your life. Last week, boy, was she a ripper of a week. Of course, Waitangi Day on the Thursday. So the Surly Talk Sports Steamers, which is a mixed touch team decided to have a court session on the Wednesday night and boy was she an absolute ripper. A real steam up and a, probably the first social mixed touch team I've known to have an absolute ripper of a court session so it was really great to be a part of that. few people pushed the boat out early doors, great to see, always an absolute steam up 
with that crew. And then on the weekend, had old Brendan's 35th birthday. And they say you're only as young as the person you sleep next to. So, Brendan, mate, don't let that age get the best of you. Really was an absolute ripper of a night. MVPs, probably for me, was Ava Suku, the real Suku, and old Bailey Katapa bringing in some TikTok fizz, you know. It's always good for your mate Surly to keep up with the youth. You know, you don't want to lose touch there. The old TikToks, not really up my alley, but great to watch nonetheless. Few funnels, couple LeBrons, great times had all round. And of course, happy birthday to you, Brendan. Hopefully 35 is another doozy of a year for you. Right, as per usual, we're going to cover some cricket, some rugby, and some NRL nines before we get into the old weekly segments. So without further ado, enough shit chat from me. Let's rip into some cricket. And boy, has she been an interesting summer for the men in black. You know, much like many other New Zealanders out there, and probably yourselves if you're listening, I enjoy sitting down on the couch Saturday night and enjoying a cap on the big screen, you know, watching the boys absolutely go about their work. But boy, has she been a bit of a tough watch this summer. Started the season full of enthusiasm. I thought, you know, the boys, Boxing Day test, big three clashes against Aussie. We're heading in full of hope, well and truly behind the black caps. And boy, did they get absolutely pumped in a whitewash series, 3-0. And that really did break your mate Surly's heart, to be fair, especially that Boxing Day one. Boy, were fizz levels high. Thousands of Kiwis flew over. Even had the likes of some great New Zealanders in the crowd. Your Jacob Corbett, your Kakariki brothers, Jack Bergen. That right there is a quad that should get any team home for victory. But unfortunately, the men in black were absolutely overwhelmed by the occasion. Even Geordie Barrett got kicked out for sculling half a beer. Hashtag justice for Geordie. He will rebuild. But boy, was that a disappointing series. And then straight from that, we welcome the Indians to our shore for some T20 series. And boy, the only thing tougher to watch than that series was trying to book an Uber while those games are on. Excuse the low-key racism there. But man, did the boys get absolutely thrashed. Another whitewash series and another tough watch for those Black Cat fans. And then heading into this one-day series, I thought, oh boy, can this nightmare of a summer just end now? And then out of nowhere, in true black cat fashion, just as the nation gives up on them, boomfa, they come out of nowhere and clean up the series to win to nil, a whitewash going the other way, and the black caps are well and truly back. New Zealand is back on board the train, all aboard for Captain Kane. And we do love our black cap cricket once again. It's going to be interesting. Test series starts off with the Indians next Friday in Wellington. A real chance to save the summer in my books. So that'll be real bums on seats material for that one. So strap in, drop a cap and get behind the caps. Because she's going to be an absolute doozy of a series. And up the mighty black caps. We still believe in ya. Right, Super 15, she kicked off two weeks ago. Bit crazy, you know, height of summer, the nation's going through a drought, but there are the men 
23 blokes just absolutely running around for each franchise, giving it their all, taking those grazers on the hard grounds and really just putting in a shift for their province. And she kicked off, as I mentioned, two weeks back. It was a Friday night, the new time, 7.05. Kickoff, Eden Park, peak hour traffic, up yours, Super Rugby. You clearly didn't think that through. But it was the Blues, our team, the Auckland Blues, they will not lose, hosting the men from the mighty Wakatumba, the Chiefs. And it was the Chiefs that came away with the lollies in that one, 37 points to 29. And your mate Surly, he was actually there in attendance. Me and Kimbo went along and watched the game, courtesy of old mate Sean Shooter-Stevenson. Appreciate the tickets there, mate. And she was an absolute ripper of a game, to be fair. Friday Arvo, sun setting, a really good crowd at the old fortress, Eden Park. And the stage was set for an absolute ripper of a clash. And boy, did she live up to the billing. A great first half from the Blues. Really shot out the blocks like the old dog one at Addington. But unfortunately, just like the old dog one at Addington, the boys got pulled back in the second half. The Chiefs rolled out the big dogs off the Rimu and came away with the victory in that one. She really was the old cliche game of two halves. Thanks to the ladies in the kitchen, it could not happen without you. For the Blues, looks like they're still missing a 10, a goal kicker, bit of a game manager. No doubt old Bodie Barrett, when he's back in the mix, will solve that problem. Chiefs looking really good, the likes of Aaron Cruden, Anton Leonard-Brown, Sam Kane, of course a silly talk sports favourite, Sean Stevenson, and old Bo Shear. Boy, does he look to have the goods. So they have a strong squad again for this season and should be a real contender in the New Zealand Conference. The other games in that first week saw the Cranberry Cruisers come up over the Waratahs over there and kick their season off in typical fashion with a 43 points to 25 win. And then, of course, unfortunately, the Hurricanes went over to South Africa to play the Stormers and lost 27 points to nil, but no need for alarm bells to ring in Wellington as the Hurricanes do quite often come in with a tough start and then really work things out in the latter stages of the season. Week two, last Friday, she kicked off with the Landers kicking off their Super Rugby campaign, hosting the men from Durban, the Sharks. And boy, did they get absolutely put to the sword in an impressive performance from the Sharks team. 42 points to 20 down there under the roof at Forsyth Bar. And unfortunately for the Highlanders, you could really tell it was their first game of the season. Midfield looks to be a real worry for them. That old Ioane, Josh Ioane moving to 12 didn't quite work out for them. And they looked quite well underdone all across the park. The Sharks, as I mentioned, looked very impressive. A big, hard-working, typical South African pack paired with a midfield and back three that looks full of razzle-dazzle, and old Sterling Bosch at 10, leading the troops round the park. Great right boot, doesn't miss many shots at goal, that bloke. So the Sharks could be a real contender out of that South African conference, and one to look out for. Then on Saturday, really was the feature match of the round. We had the Chiefs 
at home hosting the Cranberry Crusaders. And this really did feature as a bums on seats kind of occasion. And the Cruisers, they got off to a hissing start as per usual. Cheeky little meat pie, David Harvelli in the 10 jersey, crossfield kick across to Sevu Reese, a scene we have seen many times on our television sets throughout the past year. Old Sevu Reese dotting down off a crossfield, and you thought, here we go, it's business as usual for the Crusaders. But then once again in the second half, the Chiefs dominated. Old Damian McKenzie looked exciting. Lachlan Boucher again. He's one to look out for, absolute AB in the making, it must be said. And I do like the looks of old Quintu Pyre. He looks good in that midfield also. I believe he's 19 or so years of age, so really one to watch for the future. But this Chiefs team really is the real deal, and they showed it on the weekend. Aaron Cruden, Sam Kane, Anton Leonard-Brown, they're just laden with stars Damian McKenzie, of course. So this is a team that is well and truly a title contender and a chance to push the Cruisers all the way. Look for that to be the potential final matchup and she'll be an absolute humdinger of a clash, that one. Then following that game last Saturday, we had the Blues. They headed over to Sydney to take on the Tars and they came away with the meat pie. And what is a great, great away win for our men from Auckland. 32 points to 12 over there in Newcastle. Big fizz from that game. And she really was a bit of a messy clash. Both teams making quite a few errors, not quite taking the ball by the horns in the first half. But then in the second half, the Blues really stood up, showed a bit of improved game control, great set piece, and a bit more just patience and a bit of flair on attack. Old Mark Talia, the harbour winger, standout performance from him. He grabbed a hat-trick and looks extremely dangerous. Great to see him get a chance at that next level after impressing for the men from out Westgate, old Massey, for many years. And of course, being a standout for the harbour heat for several campaigns. Great to see him in the mixer. And then, of course, I like the look of Hoskins Satu'u in the number eight jersey. Big, strong ball carrier impressive and physical on defense and then showed a nice little touch with that grubber for Mark Talia's second try so great to see he's one to watch in the future and keeping Akira Yuani out of the squad so that's impressive in itself so Hoskins Satu'u another of your Surly Talk Sports players to watch but a great win for the Blues on the road pick up the bonus point come home with the W and look forward to building to this week. Then on your Sunday morning around brunch time, great time to settle in, eggs, Benny, and watch some footy. It was the Jaguares hosting the Hurricanes over there in Buenos Aires. And down 23-12 with 10 minutes to go away from home, you're thinking, shit, the, cruise, the Hurricanes sorry, are going to be 0-2 to kick off the season. But two late tries to Alex Fidel and Jamie Booth got them home in a win that showed a lot of character and really did show what the men from Wellington are all about this season. Great culture in that squad to get a win like that away from home and come away with the chocolates. Real feature from that game was Geordie Barrett, nil all, about five minutes into the game, 63 metres out, 
he points for the post, hashtag justice for Geordie, and bangs it. Cleared it easily too, had another five, six metres to go, and the game wasn't even played at altitude. So anything within 60 to 65 metres, well and truly in Geordie's radar, and being a goal-kicking purist myself, boy does that get the fizz levels through the roof. Also for the Canes, something to look forward to, the old Tatamai train got good press that he could be back in the mixer in two to three weeks, so he's one to look out for, bums on seats down there at Sky Sports Stadium for that clash, and go well to the Tatamai train, hopefully the rest of your rehab goes swimmingly, and we'll see you back on the field very shortly. Which leads us to tonight, she kicks off round three, super bang bang, and it is your team, the Auckland Blues, hosting the Cranberry Cruisers, in what should be a real Great clash in your feature match for this weekend. 7.05 kickoff, Eden Park. Tackle the peak hour traffic on your way there. Rip into some overpriced hot chips and a rip-off beer and just absolutely enjoy what should be a great spectacle. The Crusaders have rolled out the big guns yet again. Bryn Hall back to start. He'll play in front of his missus, Emerson Yates, which is no doubt going to have huge fizz in the Yates household. Richie Mwanga is also back in the 10 jersey, so that combo, that's won a couple championships down there, back in the 9 and 10 to lead the cruisers around the park. For the Blues, a couple changes in the pack as well. James Parsons and Ufistol Makasi return to the starting lineup. So that is a formidable front row there with Carl Tuinukuafi in the one jersey as well. Rest of the team is unchanged. Lamborn back on the bench, back from injury on the Rimu. He'll wear the 20 jersey, and boy was I impressed with him in that first clash. Old Tony Lamborn told he played for America in the World Cup, didn't notice him, but man did he take it to that Chiefs pack in that first game. Another one to watch. He comes in on the Rimu, Akira Ioane dropped from the 23, so the tough season continues for him, struggling to make the team from all-black contention last year to struggling to make the Blues. All signs don't look great for him, but it should be a great battle up front and one the Blues could potentially match them on in the Ford pack. You know, you got the likes of Carl Tuanukuafe with a hissing mo, but Oliver Jaeger, the Crusaders number three, not to be outdone. He's rocking a ridiculous mo as well. So that should be a great clash. Old Tuanukuafe first Jaeger in the battle of the mo. Worth the price of admission alone. But for me, the game will be won in the backs for the Cruisers. A back line of Hall, Mwanga, Goodhue, Enor, Severis and George Bridge on the wings. David Harvilli at the back, Will Jordan on the bench. That's going to be tough for those Blues backs to handle, the likes of Ruru, Pirafeta, Fayane, Joe Merchant. It really is another level. So I think it's going to be tight for the first 60, and then the Cranberry Cruisers will pip them in the last 20 to come away with a tight win. Your mate Surly, he's got the Crusaders 1-12. to But the Blues do love being an underdog, knowing to pull things out of the hat when you least expect it. So could be an upset on the cards. You never quite know with our team, the Auckland Blues. Then on Saturday, we've got a bit of a NZ Conference double header. Two New Zealand teams feature in those games. 
4.45, she kicks off in Tokyo. It is the men from the Waikato, the Chiefs. They've traveled over there to take on the Moondogs in what should be an intriguing clash, actually. The Chiefs have made a lot of changes. They've really rolled out the players off the Rimu. Adam Thompson gets the start, 37 years old. He'll don the sixth jersey. Turned out for Takapuna last year in a couple games. Now he's back in Super Rugby. Rate that highly. Go well, the old dog. And he gets his chance starting there in the six. Four changes, actually, to the starting pack. No Sam Kane or Mitch Karpik in the 23. So they really have rolled out the utilities there. Then in the backs, Brad Weber gets the start at nine, which I rate highly. And he'll also wear the captain's armband. Shooter comes in on the wing to form an exciting back three there with Damian McKenzie and Solomon Alaimalo. No Aaron Cruden or Anton Leonard-Brown, but still a Chiefs team that is stated and stacked with talent. So no doubt they'll have enough to get the job done on the road. For the Moondogs, they're coming in fresh off a bye, and they're one from one after upsetting the Rebels in round one. So no doubt fizz levels will be high over there in Tokyo. Few Kiwis to look out for in the Moondogs lineup. Got old Mitch Jacobson in the loose forwards. Christmas Eves in that reserve propping role off the Rimu to bring some fizz. And also, a player to look out for, old Schatz's pants, old Jake Schatz in the number eight jersey. Could really add another dimension to the game if he lives up to his name. That could really throw the Chiefs boys off. Not a lot of blokes will want to tackle him if he's running that in the underwear. So look out for him. Couple line breaks and you'll know he's done the deed. But I'm picking the Chiefs to come away with this one in Tokyo on the road with a good five-pointer, the old boner point win. Chiefs 48-15. to 15. Shooter to grab, grab a quad of tries and come home absolutely fizzing straight into his local Hamilton establishment and sink some beers with the boys. Celebrate. A great victory. Then post that 7.05 at, in Wellington at Sky Sports Stadium. The newly named Sky Sports Stadium as well. So shout outs to Doug Golightly and the crew there for pulling off the naming rights sponsorship. We have the men from the Windy Wellington hosting the Sharks. And it's looking to be a strong, strong clash. And it's going to be a big battle up front. The Canes team, they've rolled out some big guns here. Viafa Fida get his first start in the sixth jersey. Vince Ussel also comes in to pair Nani La Mape in the midfield. Looking forward to seeing how that duo goes. And Jane, Dane Coles features on the bench alongside Karifi, which should add some big fizz and niggle off the pine late in the game. So I'm impressed by that lineup that the Hurricanes have rolled out. For the Sharks, they've made one change, and it's an unfortunate one for them. Old Koo and Bosch, the first five, who I did note, has been looking incredibly impressive. He's had to fly back home due to personal reasons. He'll be a huge loss for them. But that back three is still there. They are dangerous. The Canes won't want to kick them a lot of pill because they can create something out of nothing. But overall, I think the Canes at home will be too strong for them. I think the old Sharks being away from home for two weeks will start to take its toll. I'm picking the Canes 1-12 to and what should be a real tight tussle down there in Windy Welly, up the Canes and up the Tatamai train.
Then after that game, shit, she's actually a triple hitter. Struth. Boy, lock it in on Saturday night. Park it up with some Waitakere Dakeries and enjoy this one. She's going to be an absolute doozy. Three games. The third and final one is the Brumbies hosting the Landers over there in Canberra. Quite possibly the most boring city in the world. And there's no real changes to this Landers lineup, which has me worried. Josh Iwani stays at 12. Tyson Frizzell comes in at 6 over Hunt, which is probably a good change. Add some more Stark to that Landers lineup. But overall, I think this classy Brumbies side might be a bit too strong for the men from Dunedin. Likes of Solomon Akata on the wing, Tom Banks at the back, Tavita Kurindrani, Pete Samu, Ala Alatoa, and James Slipper up front. Really is quite a strong side the men from the ACT are putting forward, and I think they'll come away with the treats in this one, 1-12, one to 12, unfortunately, for the men from Dunedin. Look for Aaron Smith to cause some real trouble at the airport and make headlines off the field. I think that is the Landers' best chance to get some press this year. Not thoroughly impressed with them at the moment, but they could prove your mate Surly wrong, and I really hope they do. Right, also kicking off this weekend, taking place over in Perth, is the NRL 9s, which I am fizzing about. God's game, the great game, NRL, she's back on TV and fizzing to get involved into this one. She's taking place in Perth, as I mentioned, million dollars of prize money up for grabs, so that'll get the boys fizzing. Imagine coming away with that one, no doubt. A few good bonuses in the pay packet and absolutely tear Perth a new one. No doubt old Rania Pickman, the old Perth correspondent for Silly Talk Sports and the only Maori in Perth to be working over there. He'll be sliding into a few DMs to some of the old whanau trying to get some tickets and link up with them later to enjoy some beers post-game. But the nines, love it. Great format, really exciting, and she's split into four pools this year. Pool one, you got the Panthers, you got our team, the mighty Vodafone Waz, you got the Roosters, and you got the Knights. Pool two, you've got the Dogs, Dragons, Eels, and Sharks, and what really is the pool of death. Pool three, you've got the Raiders, Tigers, Titans, and Rabbitohs. Pool four, the Cowboys, Storm, Bronx, and Seagulls. I believe it's the top team from each pool advances. So she's really is cutthroat. Can't afford to drop any games in that one. For the Waz, the team is led by old Isaiah Papali'i in the captain's armband. An interesting choice for me. Stars in this squad, Ken Marmalo looking to back up from a huge 2019 old Marmalade. No doubt he'll be looking forward to dotting down, keeping his meat pie streak well and truly alive. Blake Green turning out in this one. Doesn't come across as the old bloke that's full of razzle-dazzle, but he is a kakariki, and we do know they love to show and surprise you from time to time, so keep an eye on him, expecting big things from him after what was probably a disappointing 2019 for him. Ignatius Parsi will lead a pack that is probably short on experience, but full of plenty of fizz, so look for some hissing carries from him, back fence, let the main out, go you good thing, big Parsi. And someone I've been told to look out for is old Jermaine Tanua Brown. He's a second rower that's come across on a trial and train contract, 23 years of age, really does have a point to prove. 
And I want to keep my eye on him because I've been told that off the field he's a bit of a rapper. So you know you got to watch out for those blokes. Love a bit of league, part-time rapper. The story is well and truly set for him to just absolutely dominate in the nines. So go well, young thing. Look forward to you dropping some fire post-NRL tournament. No doubt a bit of content for you there to release some bangers and keep the men at Mount Smart absolutely fizzed. But for me, the three teams that will feature strongly here, the Sharks, the Eels, and the Broncos, they look like they've named the strongest squads, full of NRL talent, razzle-dazzle, speed, and some big forwards to do the hard yards up front as well. Sharks, Eels, unfortunately in the same pool. Pool two, that pool of death. Only one of them will go through, but I think whoever goes through out of them will win it. And I'm picking it will be the Sharks, SJ, player of the tournament. We all know how much he loves that smaller format. So he should rip through, razzle-dazzle, plenty of wax, just like your mate Surly. Taught him everything he knows. I think he'll have an absolute doozy of a tournament and should come through, player of the tourney, and a cheeky little bonus. Not that he needs it. Right, time for your usual segments now, your magic multi. And I've gone realistic this year. Your mate Surly is actually investing in this and he wants to win some coin. So I've gone and taken it a bit more serious this year. I've gone the Crusaders 1-12 to over the Blues, playing $2.63. I've gone the Canes 1-12, to paying $2.63 as well. And then I've gone the Cronulla Sharks to win the Nines at $6, which I think is quite generous odds. So I'm fizzed for that one. $10 on that Magic Multi pays $415.19. Get in behind that one. Chuck the house on it. I think she actually does have a realistic chance. And hopefully your mate Surly can fund your benders. Right, Battler of the Week this week. And it's actually going to two people just because they share a birthday this week. We've got old Brendan turning 35, as I mentioned. And then the other battler of the week is old Ash, the better half of the Samoan scissors. And she really is a battler just for putting up with that bloke 24-7. That's a real punish. But looking forward to this Saturday, Ash has actually invited us to HQ. So your mate Surly, he's going to be there from early days. 3 p.m. I believe we're meeting there. So rock up, real bums on seats. Come down and enjoy a few jugs. And you shit in some shit chat. You well and truly won't regret it. I've also been told it is an unofficial leaving party for one of Northcote's greats, Jack Bergen, as unfortunately he's decided to depart our shores on 39 games, one short of a coat blazer. That is a travesty in itself. But he's heading over to Manly to play in the shoot shield. And as I mentioned, it's his unofficial leaving party. So hopefully the big fella, the big bodied 10, shows up gets amongst the mixer, and we have an absolute ripper of an Arvo and Knight head on to Doolin's post-it and absolutely well and truly send it in typical fashion. So congratulations to you, Brendan and Ash. You are this week's Battlers of the Week. Hope you enjoyed your birthdays. Hope you were treated by your other halves. And I hope you enjoy being Battler of the Week. Right, Q&A, and of course, being episode one, there is none, but I just thought I'd take this opportunity to remind you to send your questions in for next week. Surly Talk Sports 
at gmail.com or slide into my DMs on Facebook or Instagram. It would be great to hear from you and to know that you're rocking Suley Talk Sports Season 3. Really does make my day and producer Charlas when we get a message from you. So feel free to slide in, throw your questions, and we'll feature them in next week's episode. That's all we have time for today. Hope you enjoyed the first episode, season three. A little Valentine's Day treat for from your mate Surly. You know, I know it's all what you wanted on this Valentine's Day is to hear from me for shit chat for half an hour. So I hope you enjoyed it. Enjoy your weekend. Enjoy the weekend of sport. She's going to be an absolute barnstormer. Plenty of action for you to cast your eyes across. So go well. Enjoy the festivities. If you're on the bend, make the most of it because summer is coming to an end shortly. Enjoy your weekend. How good's a Friday? That was Silly Talk Sports.